1: Welcome to the Thursday edition of Nurses Out Loud with Nurse Michelle. Today I have with me Friday's Nurse Jody, and we're going to have some fun and do a nurse news analysis today. And I'm so glad you're here and thank you for coming in and wanting to look at the news and the happenings of what's going on in our country because it seems like there's so much craziness that's been going on since 2020 and so much to analyze and we can't count on our news sources. So, so glad to have you with me to talk about what's going on.
0: Yes. Thank you. Happy to be here. You know, it's, uh, it's nice that we can share the conversations that we normally have one-on-one with the world. So yeah, I'm excited.
1: Yeah. It's so frustrating that we really can't count on the news, um, anymore. And, Um, We're having to find other sources to do that. And I'm so thankful that we both have this platform and that people are tuning in to this platform to get it. And before we launch into the news that's going on, I just want to make sure everybody knows about something that's coming up that we're real excited about, all of us nurses on um, Nurses Out Loud. We are all going to have our first time all together in one place coming this week. Um, While y'all are hearing this show, we're going to be enjoying ourselves in Arizona and um, it is a healthcare homecoming, and we're going to have a meet and greet. Jody is launching her book, and she can tell us a little bit about that. And um, we're going to tell you about some dates. And if you are in the Arizona area or a reasonable drive for you, come on over and meet us, and let us meet you as well. Jody, tell us about your book launch.
0: Yeah, so I'm I'm excited um, to finally put it forth into the world. Uh, you know, it was one of those things where I had kind of sat on for a while after I blew the whistle. If there was even a need to, to write the book, I I almost felt like, well, my story's out there, you know, let's, you know, see what the world does with it. But what I came to understand was how rare courage actually really is. Right. And Um, I I thought, you know, when people saw my story, we would have nurses from all over willing to speak up, especially after the Arizona State Board of Nursing uh, ordered me to undergo an ethics evaluation and I was deemed right in my disclosures. So my license is fully intact and unblemished. Um, but, you know, that didn't really happen. It, I thought it would send a shockwave to the nursing community. Um, so I'm hopeful that this book will, right? So I, I do have a call to action on it. And I am, you know, asking for everyone who was wronged by their family or their friends, told that they were crazy or they didn't care about people or they made it political um, you know, with people deciding what they wanted to do for their body, uh, their body, their choice. Right. Right. Um, So I'm encouraging people to send the book to your family and friends because it details my journey from the very beginning from February of 2020. And, um, and just shows my, my, um, critical thinking process, you know, that us nurses, are taught to really hone in on. And um, and it just shows my evidence-based practice and the science that I was using and my faith that guided me through it all. So I'm really hopeful that people will share this book with their family or the friends and even nurses that were in the hospital. And, and you and I know, Michelle, we, we hear all the time from nurses that they know something's not right, but they just don't feel that their voice is going to make a difference, and that um, you know they're scared to lose their paycheck. So I really hope that this book inspires people to to grow closer to God and to walk in their will for you know His will for their life instead of living in the world. And so yeah, so you guys are all coming in to support me and um to get this out. I I'm so excited. Like we're just going to yeah. have a fun uh sleepover at my house <laughs> a bunch <laughs> of us girls. So I it's, know, it's, really it's exciting.
1: Yeah, and yeah. Th- so that's going to be on Friday the actual um book signing and release which is on the 17th. So everyone if you're in Arizona. What's the timing of the event for the signing on the 17th?
0: Yeah. So the, the event will take place at Clancy's Jack room over on Miller and Camelback from four to 8 PM. And then on Saturday, we're going to head up to Prescott to tea slingers, uh, store and do uh, a signing for, excuse me, from one to three. So, um, we'll be up in Prescott on, on Saturday, Scottsdale Friday, guys, um, Prescott Saturday. Um, Michelle will put the the links in the show notes, but you can also go to my website at jodyomalleyrn.com. Uh,
1: yes. And then the day before on Thursday, the 16th, there's going to be the nurse, uh, like a, a day of courage, faith and freedom for nurses, like a healthcare homecoming And so if the nurses are in that area, we're going to be having an event all day that day, starting at 11 a.m. That's going to go till 5 p.m. And if you just want to come in and lock arms with other nurses that you know are like minded, find your tribe, um, hear hear from some great speakers that are going to be telling you about other ways out there to learn how to um, find your way in the medical profession with no vaccine mandates. And to find your way to make an income, use your skills as a nurse and um, find ways to be a part of this parallel system that is evolving, because that's a that's a unique word that we're all starting to hear now. And the parallel system is basically a, a medical system that's really already created and coming alongside of the present failing system that has let us all down so severely that seems to be motivated by money over patient care. And now we've got wonderful opportunities like um, the wellness company that Dr. McCullough is part of founding. um, And I'll put a link to that in my show notes as well. If you don't know about that, you can anywhere in the country get access to medical care. Um, We've got remnant nursing that's going to have nurses that are going to be setting up programs all over the country, nurses in your city that you will be able to access. And if they're not in your city, you'll still be able to access these medical professionals. That can help you and be an advocate for you, and not be alone with doctors that have let you down. Maybe um, doctors who are not willing to see you because you are not vaccinated, or they are definitely t- treating you differently because you're not vaccinated. So the world has changed, if everybody hasn't noticed. And the parallel system and those that are propelling the movement that's creating that. Um, we're all gathering together to be looking at you know this shift in the paradigm and. You know, find you know find people that are going to help you support you in your fight to to go up against what is happening. Maybe in your medical community, um, you know, looking for other resources to help you know that you can make money. You don't have to be a slave to this medical system that um, does not respect you. That does expect you to submit, or they will cast you out. We've had nurses on here that we've interviewed that no matter how much wonderful employment they have provided their hospitals. Um, No matter how skilled they are, if they have 30 years of skills, um, if you don't comply and you dare to talk about something that goes against the NIH guidelines for COVID, you are fireable material. And um, we we don't want nurses living in the fear like that. There's a better option. We can defund all of these programs that are out there that think that they have the power. Um, They won't have the power when the nurses walk. And, you know, end up in another situation that they can actually make
0: income without this failing system. Well, I think that's the whole point, right, is that we have I've been saying this, that the dissenting critical thinkers were the ones, excuse me, who were um, axed out of the hospital system. And it's all of us that are going to be gathering here in just a few hours. So people are listening to this. You know, it's uh, 8 a.m in um in arizona time but in a few hours we're going to be gathering together today guys so it starts at 11 a.m um and it goes until 5 p.m so if, if you're hearing this and you're in the area please come on by and and come hang out with us and see what what those critical thinkers such as ourselves um are doing And when you think about what
1: kind of when she says critical thinkers, that's something that we all need to validate the importance of, because honestly, when you think of what it why are nurses the most valued profession in our country for 20 years running, I mean, I suspect that's going to take a hit during this next couple of years. But the reason why there's expected trust, the anticipated trust is because you expect them to advocate for you and to be there for you and to maybe stand between you and the doctor if there's something that they medically know that doctor may have just said that you don't know is not in your best interest, but they're going to maybe speak up for you or stand up for you. You need people willing to be uncomfortable, willing to stand up for you. And, and speak truth to you, and even tell you about a, another option if that's possible for you to consider. It, it's um, critical thinkers that are not, that are literally willing to be brave that you do want out there as your nurses. And there are more of you out there that are listening, nurses, that are those people, but you're afraid to speak. And we want to help you find your voice. And, and, and until you do have the strength to have your voice, we will be your voice for you here on Nurses Out Loud. Um, yeah.
0: And you know what, Michelle, I'd like to remind people too, Uh, you know, doctors and nurses, we work together, but we are licensed separately. So, you know, our professional license, we have to uphold those ethical principles, which is first and foremost, as patient advocate, our our job is patient advocate first and foremost, not to policy and protocol, right? And and that's what happened these last couple of years. People lost their minds, Mm -hmm. lost their ability to critically think and lost their way because we had a talking head in Washington come on air and tell us what to do with absolutely no science behind it. You know, and then you have other physicians like Dr. McCullough, who goes and he speaks out. And every time he's telling us what he thinks, he's giving us the science of why he thinks that way. Whereas we just had Fauci come on and say, put a mask on and not tell us why we should do that in the first place. Right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: And we have um, like the high wire that if you are a subscriber to the high wires newsletter, Every time they do their show on Thursday, if you're on the newsletter, they will send you every citation to support every piece of news they gave you. They do not expect you to blindly believe them just because they're a news source. They actually provide resources. So we all need to find our way toward those kinds of news sources like America Out Loud, Talk Radio, and other ones like um, the Highwire that's out there. Something recently happened. Um, My husband's mother, so my mother-in-law, was um, experiencing some major medical thing going on. She's in a nursing home. And I talked about it on the show with April um, last Monday. And what was interesting about exposing this topic was she is presenting with a new onset symptom that's like a congestive heart failure kind of thing. But because she's an 80 year old woman in her mid 80s, um, she is Person that you just presume, okay, this person's getting old. Nobody's really paying attention to what could be a new onset symptom. But she's four time vaccinated. So here she's a four time vaccinated person. And I asked my husband just to read what I said, just advocate for your mom and read these words and ask for these particular tests. And in those tests, we discovered um, that she had an elevated D dimer, which uh, involved blood clots in her body, which mandated that she would have to then have to have a CT angiogram of her lungs and her body to look for blood clots. And in the process of them doing that, the only reason this ever happened was because a patient advocate said, no, you know, you're not taking into account that she's been four time vaccinated and there may be a um, correlating factor going on with this new onset symptom. So this CT angiogram in- exposes masses in her lungs and um it requires her to keep having multiple hospitalizations. So when she goes back to the nursing home, waiting for her pulmonology consult to look in those lungs and see those masses, which was absurd to me to even send her home, but they did. Um, she declines again, comes back in and lo and behold, tests positive for COVID. And this is a four-time vaccinated person. I mean, we hear mm-hmm. it all the time. And so I asked my husband, I'm like, does she present? Does, is anybody even saying she has any sickness at all? but she's a longtime smoker. So it's like, okay, maybe this cough is just her smoker's cough that they're observing, but they do the test. She's positive. And I say, okay, well, we've got to give her the protocol, which is what I make sure all people are on. And one of them is making sure she has her immune mist nasal spray, 1% iodine nasal spray and gargle. So we have to go through the pharmacy. I call the pharmacy and say, you know, I'm going to be sending this to this patient. I want to make sure you put it on her formulary. And he says, well, make sure the nurses put it, give it to the doctor to make sure it's an order. So I call the nurses and I say, hey, you know, I deal with COVID patients all over the country. Does your hospital happen to use nasal oral sanitation when you know you have a known COVID positive patient? And she says, actually, we don't. But she said, I've actually heard about hospitals who do that. And we had this conversation about her as a nurse awareness that some hospitals are actually out there using nasal oral sanitation. Now some of them are out there using um like an alcohol swab called nosin and they swab just the nasal opening um, so that if their people inhale something it might kill it right at the surface of the nose but it doesn't actually spray something deep into their nose and for this sh- for um, for this platform we have the CoFix Rx that does that's one of the sponsors. so I had immune mist on my person and sent that to them with the information pamphlet with them and made sure that she got it. And they followed my protocol and got the mother on it. But as I talked to them about the COVID symptoms, I said, does she actually even have COVID symptoms? And they said, well, no, really, she doesn't. I said, well, then don't you just presume then that this is a false positive? And she says, well, yeah, I guess it probably is. We do get a lot of that. And I said, well, do you know that just because she suddenly became positive, she's suddenly worth a great deal of money to the hospital? And this nurse was completely unaware of that. So I said well okay this is something you need to look into because that false positive is based on whatever cycle threshold is being used in the lab it's worth you looking into to find out if it's the correct cycle threshold and just start discovering this because it is a money making opportunity um and then my husband overheard some nurses that were discussing the that we really don't see hardly we don't really have to deal with protocols here covid covid protocols in the hospital anymore because of so many people being vaccinated, which kind of blew my mind because I'm like, wait a minute. So, so everything's business as usual. And he said it was really very business as usual. She was on the medical floor. She was not in the COVID unit. She wasn't treated with any special precautions. She just was COVID positive, presumed COVID, with no protocols. What do you think about that, Jody?
0: Well, wait. Oh, really? Um, Well, maybe they're starting to follow the science, Michelle.
1: (laughs) Maybe so. But they say, I mean,
0: it's airborne. There's there's not it's aerosolized. It's so small. There's there's no stopping it. And unless she's symptomatic, you know, and you don't want to get, you know, uh, a cough sprayed on your on your face, then you put a mask on. But, you know, we, we know We know that masks don't stop this. So why why did we even isolate people to begin with? Why did we remove the advocate from the bedside? It's just, you know, those of us that were following the science and one of the reasons why I blew the whistle was because of the complete decimation of the patient's bill of rights. So I don't know. Maybe their attorneys are now more risk adverse and and thinking, oh well, if we continue with these useless anti science measures, now we're opening ourselves up for for liability. I mean, we can only hope, right? Well, I'm definitely going to do some research
1: into this because this is the same hospital that I was hospitalized with COVID in 2020. That when I came presented to the hospital had the National Guard armed at the door, making sure that I only walked in only the patient and no advocate could come in with me. And I was, of course, a hundred percent alone from that point on. And that's when I was woken up to what was actually going on with these NIH policies. And then I would spend the next year um, advocating for people to do everything you can to stay out of that system. And then if you were unfortunate enough to get in the system, how to get you out and that and that was a nightmare it's really hard to fathom that we've come through this that we're still we're in a 3 year period and that was 2021
0: well, you know, we lost um, uh, thousands and thousands of people to these deadly protocols. There's an organization that I'm working with now, a thousandwidows.org. And I encourage people, if you lost a loved one, um, you know, at any time during this pandemic and and they were saying that they were COVID or, COVID pos- or co- uh, presumed COVID or thrown in isolation on the floor to check this organization out because i really i want to see people i want to see justice served you know i do and and that's the reason why i blew the whistle and you know and i just hope that people do have the opportunity to gather in community and realize that your your story is not rare it's very very normal because what we did was the same treatment and every single hospital. And that was no treatment, right? No early treatment. Wait till you come in and you're short of breath and actively dying. And then we're going to put you on another experimental medication called remdesivir and even possibly ventilate you. And, you know, there's 27 commonalities that this website lists out. And, um, and I think that people will, um, Will really be moved by it and and understand like the harm that we have done, the the absolute evil that has been done.
1: Yeah, even this. Here is my mother in law, asymptomatic, test positive, has no symptoms of COVID, and what do they want to do with her immediately? Put her on remdesivir. And because my husband is married to Nurse Michelle, um, he's like, um, no, we will not be doing remdesivir. And they're like, well, you know, this is the only treatment we have for COVID. And this is what she should have. And they tried to pressure him into doing that. He's like, "No, my wife is a COVID nurse. Uh, we know about the harms and the risk to with this drug. And she looks really stable. And we're just going to start our protocol on her instead. And we're going to refuse that now. The reason she's four times vaccinated is because my husband's not the only person making decisions for his elderly um, mother. There's you know siblings that are other that definitely want her to have that vaccine." So um they weren't real thrilled with the um refusal of that because they're like well that's that's the drug that the the doctor recommended what since when do we go against doctor recommendations and that was what uh, mm-hmm. another another wake up call that we're still having people who do that that are intelligent very well educated people i mean some of you are out there listening to me and you're like of course i'm going to do what my doctor recommends and the only reason you might even think to question it is because you've been fortunate enough to hear a news source telling you to question it. But how important to question that, that here we've got a person presenting with zero sickness symptoms, and you're going to put her on some high powered $3,000 to $5,000 drug given over three days that has documented renal failure and liver damage associated to it, plus so many other things that are associated to it. It just blew my mind that that was still being offered today.
0: Well, it's being offered today because the FDA fully proved this.
1: Hmm. Um, before before I go to the break and talk about some uh, other things, I wanted to briefly touch on Damar Hamlin. All of a sudden, getting an interview. Did you get to watch that, Jody? His oh inter-
0: oh yeah, where he was like. Ask the question. Everybody wants to know what, what, what happened to you. Why did your heart stop? What did the doctors tell you? And he's like, um, long pause. Um, um, I don't want
1: to go there. That was just the most bizarre thing. It almost looked like what somebody's face would look like if they had an earpiece in and somebody was telling them what to say, like they were hearing somebody's voice and waiting to get what they told him
0: to say. And well, he, you know what shocks me is that how did he not know that 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 um that question was going to be asked? I'm sure he got a list of questions that they were going to ask him. And, and you know what, maybe they vetted it and said, don't ask that question. So that when he was posed the question, you know, it it seemed to me how I felt about it was that he was conflicted in his soul yeah, and he didn't know, like, uh, should I go there? Should I, should I say something? Um, Because when have we ever heard of any athlete that got injured and they said, I don't want to talk about it.
1: (laughs) I know it's like here it may, it was on national news. Your heart stopped on national television. Everyone saw it. It was tremendous to behold. Everyone was talking about it and we were being silenced again, as usual to say, you know, the, the anti-vaxxers are out there trying to run their narrative that it has anything to do with the vaccine. Well, when you have the NFL bragging that they have had 95% or 97% vaccine compliance, it's natural to assume that this person may be being kept up with the latest vaccines that, that had just recently come out, the new, the fourth booster. So it's reasonable to assume that a person who is in the NFL and the NFL boasts not only that they um, had required it of the people, but this particular organization said, you better show your vaccine card to, before even coming to a game um, mm-hmm. During 2021, so we know that there it's a very likely chance of it. So it's just unbelievable to me that it's not a natural question to say, "Hey, you know, this is pretty odd to see a young, healthy man." He even boasted on his young health and his ability to be strong and healthy. I've always been this strong and healthy young man. That's what I, I recall his words saying. Right. That has no health issues, and no, I don't have any heart defects. He confirmed that I don't have any heart defects. Because outside of a genetic undiagnosed heart defect, this kind of symptom should not be presenting in a young healthy man.
0: Right? Exactly. Right. You're you're right. Um, you know, we do have athletes die every year. Um, this is true, but that's usually from an unknown um, a, a genetic abnormality that was never that was never diagnosed. You're right. There there was no r- good reason for him to drop dead. For nine minutes on that field.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't remember what he looked like before. I wish somebody would show us a before and after we p- could probably look it up. I'm sure he was a lot buffer looking. He looked, he didn't look a hundred percent well. Um, there was definitely something up. And then of course at the, um, Super Bowl, there's a lot of talk about what he chose to wear that day, but you know, we don't have to go there because it, it seemed to be like, it's my understanding that he is a believer that he has verbalized words that he's a believer. And that his apparel that he chose to wear at the NFL look like an affront to that potentially. So I'm not sure how to read into that or not. I'm not really somebody who's going to overanalyze that. But the shocker is how can anybody listening to DeMar Hamlin's interview testimony be at peace with that kind of answer? And it made him look like um, he's under some kind of control. And I thought, literally, could this be like it's a very high paid job he has? Is he threatened with loss of wages or, or being offered much more money if he won't speak on the vaccine, you know, either from pharma or from the NFL? What do you think about that conspiracy kind of thought?
0: You know, I, I think that too many people live in this world and then too many people, um, you know, try to praise God, but they don't walk in it. Right. It's 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 there's it's two different things to say that you're a believer and then to act and move like a believer. Um, You know, I to say that I don't want to go there was just so cowardly to me. Yeah. Um, And that and that's what what's wrong with this country is that we have a bunch of cowards. And, and, you know, I talked with Mike Yoder, my attorney, uh, the other day and last week, and, and he talked about it. He's like, we are just a nation of cowards. We have never like my generation, your generation never had to go any, go through anything that hard, right? Like world war one, world war two, the great depression, Vietnam war, you know, we've, we've pretty much just been chill, you know, and And feel like we're deserving of all of this, this, these good things. But, but when you have the enemy come in, who is actively trying to destroy us and people are too cowardly to, to speak up and say, oh, they're choosing money, money is the root of all evil. And so you're choosing money. I didn't want to lose my job. Like I, I didn't want to have to figure out a whole new way to be a nurse. I didn't want to do that at all. Right. You were comfortable. Everything was was comfortable. comfortable. You're
1: You're benefiting all the benefits of experience. Well, when we come back um, before we go to the break, uh, I'm just going to share that. I want to remind everybody that's listening to support our show sponsors. One of those products that sponsors our show is the Genesis Fogger. And recently I just came down with whatever respiratory virus that was going around that had the cough, stuffy head, headache, And just one day with a low-grade fever, but body aches and a cough that lasted a couple of days. And I happen to have a story that I'd love to share with everybody about how I was so thankful to have the Genesis Fogger in my home because of a high-risk person who lives in my home that I absolutely did not want to get what I had because he's so vulnerable. And after the break, I'll be sure to come back and tell you all about that and let you hear that story. But if you haven't looked into the Genesis Fogger Please go to our banner bar on our show, on our show page at at americaoutloud.com and look into the Genesis Fogger because I believe everyone should have one in their home in the event of an illness to protect those out there that are your loved ones. We'll come back right after the break. It's time and and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. HealthyCell.com, code out loud.
0: Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. It was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us We can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all.
1: Welcome back. I'm here with Nurse Jody analyzing the February news happenings, but I wanted to continue back with a recent respiratory virus that hit my family and hit me. And I had come down with the body aches, a stuffy head headache and low grade fever. You know, I was soaking myself in the tub with Epsom salt and things like that, trying to leach out any toxins. I did not choose to test. Um, I just It was just a choice that I made. I thought whatever it is is whatever it is. And I know what to do for COVID. I know what to do for flu. And I, w- I was going to s- start my protocol. And that protocol that I call my protocol is the Snort Gargle Nebulize Supplement Protocol. And it's really a combination of all the doctor's brilliant knowledge out there that I just simplified so people could make it easy for them to remember what to do. So I started my iodine-based nasal sprays uh, three times a day, occasionally a couple times more if I thought I felt a little bit too much stuffiness still there. Um, Gargling with the iodine 1% because the immune mist has the 1% iodine nasal, I'm sorry, oral spray. So it's really easy, but there's all these gargles out there people could use. And I was nebulizing faithfully. I happened to nebulize 0.04% hydrogen peroxide, um, which is um, out there that I call it the Dr. Brownstein protocol. And um, but you can nebulize all the way up to 1.5%, which I call the um NIH protocol. You can actually go to the NIH. I'll drop the citation in the show notes that they actually recommend nebulizing 1.5% hydrogen peroxide for the treatment of COVID. It's actually there, documented. It's pretty impressive.
0: It's and, there now.
1: Well, I have the citation, so I hope they haven't tried to eliminate it. I still have <laughs> it. I have it and it will be in my show notes um because well, it, it's relevant for people to know that. It's not being recommended. It's not out there being purported or advertised and doctors certainly are ignorant about it, but they know that it mitigates that hydrogen peroxide will, it has a kill rate. And as you're sitting there nebulizing and inhaling that steam through your nose and mouth, you are killing um, the virus as you inhale up into the upper respiratory system.
0: Yeah. You know what I think is so nefarious about all of this and, and, you know, thank you, Michelle, for the work that you've done. I I truly, I mean, I was following you on social media for a few months and, you know, whenever anybody was like, I'm sick, I'm sick. I'm like, here, check this chick out, check her (laughs) out. She, she's got it down pat. I mean, you were just amazing at what nurses are the best at doing. And that is explaining things to people in a way that they can understand. And so, um, yeah, your, your site was just amazing at doing that. So I do encourage people to go to, um, Michelle's website and, um, and, and check out what she has, you know, all the explanations for the different ailments and, And, you know, she uses science uh, that the doctors are recommending and she just explains it in a beautiful way. But the 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 point is, is that we should have been doing these things in the beginning. And I remember when I was on my um, journey researching masks, because as a medical professional, we know what masks work and, and what don't for what situations. And so when they were encouraging everybody to throw a mask on, I knew it was to, to promulgate fear. I knew it. And, um, through that experience, I went to the real experts who are industrial hygienists. They are an exposure scientist. Right. And if you look at their hierarchy of control for a pathogen for viral pathogens, the, the very first thing is elimination. Can we eliminate this hazard? No, we cannot do that. Can we substitute it? No, we cannot. So then they go down to, can we destroy it? And yes, that Genesis fogger destroys the pathogens in the air. All we needed to do with every American is maybe give them a $500 credit and let the HVAC people come out and put some technology into their, into their um, air conditioning heating system or yeah. like Genesis Fogger is, you know, um, is a standalone unit. Right. We could have done that. We should have done that.
1: Instead of ventilators, and- we could have, the, the amount of money they spent on ventilators. We So it was really mm-hmm. about educating people, just simplifying the knowledge. And when I was going through that protocol, um, I do my supplements that are, my I do, I use the Dr. Zelenko Z-Stack during our illness and I'm following the protocol, but in our home, we have a vulnerable kid and he, um, he has a pacemaker. He's 21 years old and he lives at home and the flu hit him. So he had had a grandma seizure at two with the flu. He had um, a, a failed heart at um, 16, put a pacemaker in. And then along comes COVID in 2020, and I'm terrified, of course, that this boy is going to get really ill and die on me. And the cardiologist says, just give him Tylenol and cough syrup, you know, and if he has difficulty breathing, send him to the hospital. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like the whole world is shut down. And that's the best advice you have for a kid with a pacemaker. And that was what we would find out was the advice for everybody in our entire family. But lo and behold... He would be three days later shooting basketball and um doing just fine and went through COVID with no problem at all. But during the COVID world, I found out about Dr. Zelenko saying that the flu vaccine really is useless and we know it is statistically, um, and that it would be better for he created a product called the flu stack, Z-Stack Flu Stack, and that it and Z stack in general, that if he instead, if my son instead got instead of the flu vaccine, because obviously the flu has nearly killed him twice. Um, he should take a daily Z-Stack. So here I am sick with what's probably the flu right now, three years later. And I'm mortified to think what's going to happen if this kid gets the flu again with his pacemaker. And I looked and saw my Genesis fogger that had had opened up and and I turned that thing on and put it out at my room door. And we already were doing ventilation for my room. And I was so thankful that I had that Genesis Fogger. Like if I'd had it in 2003 in my mother's house, when all of us were dropping like flies, you know, would it have actually killed the pathogens? And I mean, you can speak to that about the destruction fake feature that Genesis Fogger has. But I think people need to realize that in a situation like I was in, this boy is now um, a week, two weeks now past his mom being put down with whatever and never got a single symptom. Of course, I had him on nasal spray and gargle as well. You know, he was on it all.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think what if people, you know, what we told everyone to stay home and don't go outside was the absolute worst thing that we could have done. You know, I <clears throat> encourage people like open up your windows, throw a fan on, you know, uh, it's the viral load. And and since we know that this is aerosolized, it means that it can stay suspended in there for for quite some time. And so if we create ventilation and circulation um on top of destruction, uh we're we're pretty much golden. So oh yeah, um,
1: if our if all of our followers just know, have your iodine nasal spray and throat spray. Have know about ventilation, you're practicing snort and gargle. If you have this kind of product in your home that can do this destruction, You are very likely protecting who knows how many other people from getting, um, especially the vulnerable ones in your home. So I'm just really thankful for that. I thought that the listeners needed to hear how a nurse utilized her own protocol on herself, which I would always do. And I tell everybody that people often ask me, Michelle, okay, what do I do if I knew I just came around a COVID patient and I know I was exposed or they were hacking lung on me? What do I do? And I tell them that's one of those days that you definitely want to pull out your iodine nasal spray and um, throat spray because, you know, you've been exposed, but I, I actually take it a step further. I tell them to come home and nebulize at a minimum 0.9% saline, which is just normal saline. And I actually tell them to put a drop or two of Lugol's iodine in it, which is the Dr. Brownstein method. So that it gets a little bit deeper down into their lungs and the smoke uh, coming out of the nebulizer kind of gets in your eyes a little bit because your eyes are mucous membranes and you can actually have a benefit of kill like if some mucus of somebody's got into your eye and after you nebulize then go spray your iodine nasal spray and spray your gargle into your throat and and call it done and do that for a day or two after you know you've been exposed you probably will never see the virus Somebody comes in your home hacking up a lung, same thing, but turn on your Genesis vogger. It just is a system that works and has been you know, proven to be really effective. But anyways, that was just our story, of our journey and how we did it. But getting back to this news analysis, there is so much crazy stuff going on. Yesterday, I became aware of the um, chemical spill in Ohio and my followers also let me know about um, a spill that happened in Houston and then today another follower let me know about a spill in South Carolina so uh, all within the same pretty much last four or five days and that's on the heels of this these mysterious balloons going across our country that end up getting shot down and the words UFO so what do you think about all this Jody huh.
0: well you know I wish I could say I try not to think about it which um is <laughs> it, it's kind of the truth. (laughs) Um, I, I, you know, I look at everything from a biblical perspective now, and, um, since 2020, you know, when the whole world got on board with this, it's been very biblical for me. And, um, and I, I just see, you know, I, we, we know that there's there are, you know, the different layers of heaven, and that the the enemy has dominion over it. So, you know, could it be uh, a UFO? Sure, you know, I I don't discount that anymore. Especially the the more I got into in, into the word, um, I I don't discount that. Do I think it could be China? Do I think, you know, that they're trying to create some um, hysteria and cause people to fear again so that they can create a war, which I found out wars are profitable. Like there's so many different things, right? What do you think?
1: Yeah, um, I I cannot. I'm married to somebody who is 100% anti-conspiracy theory person. So he doesn't even want to travel that path. So I don't. When I hear somebody talking about UFOs, I'm like, okay. Um, I do know there's something about holograms that the military is able to make you see something maybe that isn't there. We know that in World War II that the they use the arts community to put on basically a play production, and so that aerial shots of facilities would look like they were full of airplanes and hangars full of. Um, full of weaponry and all that kind of thing, but they were actually blow up um, balloons. They were like little blimps that look like all those pieces of equipment because they were trying to hide where the actual equipment was. We Mm -hmm. know that they used the arts community as spies to go in and be actors inside of bars so that the enemy would hear drunk, supposedly drunk American servicemen telling things that they wanted to use for spies so we know the military, um, you know, I've, I've been told by a military person that there's ability to, you know, communicate across a space of time to be able to actually uh, make another person have a physical um, response by this military power that they've come up with. So are military powers being used to make us either think we have seen something in the sky Or is there actually something in the sky? You know, I mean, that's really going down a path that, like you said, is almost like too much TMI. Like, I can't, I've just got to feed my family and take care of my home and make sure there's water running and (laughs) that the bills Mm -hmm. are being paid. You know what I'm saying? It's really just heavy to think about that. I know people, it's their thing. They get in their lane. That's what they want to talk about. So I'll listen to that, but um, it's, it's bigger than me. And it's outside my ability to control. And I'm a person who likes things to be in control. um, And I can't control that. So I really just have to leave it over, turn it over to God and just say, okay, okay, I can't do anything about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I feel the same, you know, just staying reverent and trying to walk in his will and have him use me the way he intended. um, I, I fully submitted to that. And um and,
1: and then when it yeah. came to the balloons that were real, that were floating across our country, um, it just seemed nonsensical to me that something like that would happen. I mean, it's really very post-2020 era-ish, meaning illogical. There's so many illogical things that have happened since 2020 that does not compute with a, a critical thinking mind that you're like, why would our government allow a known enemy or foreign power to float anything over its citizenry.
0: Right. And why didn't they shoot it down right away?
1: Yeah. So that, and how
0: did it get from, you know, like the, the ocean, right. The, the, the Pacific ocean all the way to Montana before we noticed something in the, in, in our uh, skies.
1: Yeah. My understanding was that they were tracking it, that it was actually being tracked from the Pacific um, ocean, but, then it was they didn't do anything till later. And um, Eric Erickson, who's a talk radio show in Atlanta, made a comment that it looks like our government decided to shoot it down simply to appease the people like the people were unhappy that their government wasn't doing anything about it. So I think it adds to the lesson for post 2020 is that our government seems to keep showing us that we you may not have our best interests at heart. And And that's a troubling, powerless feeling to feel as well, which puts you back to, I think I'm just going to get some chickens. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right, I think. I think if anything, COVID really woke us up. I mean, you know, there's always blessings and everything. And uh, one of the blessings with COVID was uh, those of us that were kind of just aimlessly, you know, getting by in our comfortable life. Our, our eyes were open to the truth, and we actually saw how much evil is is around us and has been around us for quite some time. And and now you know we can stand and and fight against it that the um, train
1: derailment happened and a chemical spill occurred and that the authorities whoever they may be whether they be EPA or National Guard or whoever makes that decision um, decided that the mitigation process that was necessary was to burn this um, vinyl chloride now. I loved chemistry in high school. I, it was a favorite subject of mine. Um, but still, this was you know science over my head. And it obviously involves incredibly smart people coming in and knowing about that product. My husband used to work for a chemical company that spills would involve the EPA. They would have to come in and make a comment and say what you have to do to mitigate this problem. But I think what in this post-2020 era, that when they say, okay, people, it's all safe to come back now um when my sister's in Cincinnati and didn't even know it had happened and it affects the Ohio River that the water so she, she suddenly looks up the news and says oh my gosh my city Cincinnati is actually telling us what they're doing to protect our water supply and how that by the time she's finding out about it the winds have already taken whatever smoke happened during that burn wherever because, I mean, the word of God tells us the wind blows where it may, where it listeth, and it's going to go wherever it may. Um, I have a friend who's a meteorologist who said, you know, it looks like the winds aren't going at least towards Cincinnati and um, that she's not in danger. Because I was like, you know, do you need to come down to Georgia for a week or so till this clears? But my meteorologist friend said to me that the, the systems that are in place that God literally put in place, the water, the air, the atmosphere itself. Um, that it the though the prevailing winds may be going in a certain direction, the atmosphere is able to disperse all kinds of chemicals as evidenced by toxic volcanic eruptions and other chemical spills that have happened in history. That that the atmosphere itself has its own amazing functionality that's natural, that was created by the creator to be able to remove things like volcanic ash from the air. And I, I took comfort in his knowledge because he's a brilliant man who, um, you know, knows things like this about meteorology, but the water supply is what's concerning now is um, how do you feel at peace with the quote unquote authorities saying to you, it's now okay to go back to your home in this city
0: in um, Ohio,
1: right? How comfortable can you feel to go back to something like that?
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't trust them at all. I really, I just don't. And so, I mean, for me, it would definitely be something I would pray on and see where the Lord wanted me to go, you know.
1: And the concern is the water supply and the land. What's happened, you know, with the explosion, how much um, has been impacted in that soil. So um, there's a product that we're all now going to be representing and we'll be talking about it more and more as the days come ahead. And it's from the root brands, and that product has the ability to clean water and and soil. So um, I think it's I think it was the Clean Slate product, if I'm not mistaken, that um, I did a show on their product. So I'm wondering how much relevance this is going to be. And I thought about the founder of the program, the this this group, Dr. Christina Rahm, who just released a clothing line that was supposed to be something that keeps you protected from chemical burns, radiation, and things like that. So this is a brilliant person that's coming out with solutions that may sound very relevant to what's going on with us right now.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. I'm I'm excited. Um, I, I've been taking the products now for a week and uh, I, I really want to be a testimony to it. So uh, we, we do know um, with nurse Kimberly that she's having success um, with the vaccine injured people. So it's very exciting. And, and, you know, you and I both know, we don't, um, talk about things just to talk about them. So, um, I'm excited to see where, where we go with this.
1: Oh yeah. I feel like, um, people are coming in mass. If 75% of our population is vaccinated. I, I, as a person with a, a couple of platforms out there where people pour in asking for help, I am so thankful that there's any products that are out there, you know, for a while I was just uh, uh, giving people the knowledge about what the FLCCC recommends. Cause they have a whole long haul and post COVID vaccine injury help. But um, also Dr. Zelenko came out with his detox product for people who are post vaccine or long haul. And now to hear that this Dr. Christina Rom products that are looking so hopeful. I, the fact that she's a Christian woman who's motivated by, doing good for mankind. That is such a comfort to me to be able to say, I feel like I can put my trust in this to say to you, there is hope and help. And I'm just thankful for that um, possibility for people.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: Um, That all our shows go to podcasts, typically two days after the radio broadcast is heard on talk radio. You can hear them anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, uh, I listen on Apple but Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcasts, and so much more. I actually love podcasts and I've become even more addicted to podcasts over this last three years because I can listen on my own time. But I, I really want to encourage people to consider canceling your cable and defunding the mainstream media. Um, they have failed us through this pandemic. And honestly, um, you know, I'm more than half of a hundred years old and to be that age that means i've seen a lot of news um my favorite thing to do through college was to sit and at my with my grandfather's at the, at his feet and watch the evening news together and and then discuss it with him and um i see how much has changed since the 1980s and to watch that you know the narrative and their agenda and to realize we know something major just happened because i heard about it from an uncensored platform and you're not even talking about it on mainstream media um, you, you know, you have places now like America Out Loud Talk Radio. You, you'll be able to find some of the most intelligent, intellectual, analytical minds out there. And Jody, I'm just um, so thankful that, you know, that you and I ever met, that the opportunities that, you know, that trouble came your way and you were willing to be the rare, courageous person that didn't, all those other people still haven't spoken. And you are this lone person in that one facility that is out there speaking out and speaking so that people can hear the truth of what's happening. And I'm thankful that we found each other and um, that we're able to now be a partners in this battle to show the world what is happening, particularly in the medical profession, and be able to discuss this news with you. So I'm so thankful you came on with me today
0: yeah thank you so much. it's it's been a pleasure to to work with you amazing ladies. Um, you know we're all in this for the right reasons and um, this is definitely a divine appointment and I'm so excited like you are that we are getting so many views guys. Uh, yes, keep sharing like, save, s- subscribe um all of that. All yeah, of we, were
1: blown, we were just blown away. We got our analytics back and found out we're in the top 1% people nationally right now. Um, our show is that popular. So more of you have stories to tell. We want to hear those stories. Apparently, the American public and the world want to hear your stories. So bring them to us. Let us hear your stories. Come anonymously if you need to. But we want to get your voice out there. Help us put out a bounty on the real misinformation. Because we are in a war for truth.
0: It's time in this city.